Welcome back to Jamie D and Big Newt. I'm Jamie D'Amico. The man, the myth, the big-ass legend over there is Big Chris Newton, and we're coming at you every other week here on the Buffalo Rumblings family of podcasts. We talk all things Buffalo Bills, and this week, I think we got a good one for you. So, what lies ahead? We're going to discuss whether or not, in the moment, we actually appreciate what we're seeing, and that is through the perspective of individual performances and those players making the Hall of Fame. But first, we're bringing the big Newt into the fold right about now. What's up, Newt? What up, though? How you I doing, brother? Say that. I love it when you say that. <laughs> Going back to our beginnings, our humble beginnings. What up, though? And a quick question for you. Yes, sir. Every show we lead into the show with some music, yes. but you have a personal connection to that music. And every once in a while, I ask you to remind the listeners what that music is, what it's from. Tell us about it, Newt. One of my old high school friends who passed away a few years ago now, um, Ryan Kemp, he was like a mentor to me, he took me under his wing. He was three years older than me. So he was between me, the age of me and my older brother who has since passed also. But uh, it was his album, man. He came out with a couple of albums, local artists in St. Louis. And and so uh, my boy, who I always talk about, Joe Johnson, he invested in him, and he had three albums. And I called Joe now that he's uh, passed on and I asked him, can we use it? And he gave me a verbal agreement, <laughs> which I recorded <laughs> just in case he wanted to come after us. No. <laughs> does, your, does your boy Joe Johnson listen to this podcast? Uh, I don't think he has. That's a uh, good question. Some friend he is, huh? That's a good question. <laughs> he probably have before, like when we first started. Sure. But I, I'm sure it's not like a regular thing. But we've no. never talked about it. That's a good question. I'm sure he has before early on. How about I, I think that we need to put him on the show and ask him some questions because how can you get a better perspective on the NFL than speaking to somebody who was actually there, been there, done that? I know you were close to it, mm -hmm. but he was In on it. the field. Right. And I thought about, I mean, we talked about that before. I just didn't know how, you know, that would correlate with our listeners. Do you really want to talk to somebody who spent their whole year with the Saints and the Green Bay Packers? Um, I'm sure that's why I'm like, we need to get in good with some ex-Bills players. Like like I said, Henry Jones, like I tried to get him. I'm trying to locate that guy every time <laughs> I go to St. Louis. I'm like, hey, you ever talk to Henry? Like, yeah, you know. And then I'm like, well, I would love to get his number. I know he's coaching high school track in, in Atlanta. Oh. Um, I've gotten that far, but I haven't never got his contact. So, but I am working on that. I would love to get through that, man. I'm sure he wouldn't mind either. So, sure, and especially Henry Jones. You know, you know who we should talk to about getting guests on is our new fearless leader, yes. Jay Spence. Yes, because he gets some of the best guests. He gets everybody. Oh my gosh, doesn't he? <laughs> if you don't listen to Jay Spence, do it. Right, and, and also follow him on Twitter. Yeah, man. He's the king, man, I tell you. We, we're peasants compared to that guy, man. Isn't it true? You know. I, it's so funny. I was like, yeah, you know, because uh, Joe and Deion Sanders uh, had the same agent. And so uh, we were talking about Deion moving to Colorado on one of his uh, video pods. All right. 
And so I was like, yeah, you know, I've been around Deion, so, you know, you had to say Agent is Joe, whatever. He's like, oh, man, you need to get him on a, you need to get him on a pod sometime. And I'm like, dude, I'm sure that dude don't even remember me. Like, you know what I'm saying? But to him, he was like, yeah, man, get him on. That's, that's the lane he's in. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I could pull that one off. <laughs> <laughs> if that's we could life. have Deion Sanders on the show, it will possibly be the biggest coup that, that the Jamie D. Big Newt extravaganza has ever pulled off. Yeah, yeah. But hopefully we can work our way. Once again, we can just hang around, Spence a little bit, you know, getting good with him, then maybe we can get some of the, some of the guys that he doesn't want on his show. You know what I'm saying? We, <laughs> right. we could get guys that were like backups for the Bills, you know? <laughs> hey, sure. <laughs> sure, hey. I, I would be all about putting Sherman Cocroft on the show. <laughs> and I'm sure most of the listeners don't know who Sherman Cocroft is, but he was like the nickel or dime defender for the 1988 Bills and only played for the team for one season. Oh, wow. Yep. <laughs> I was a nerd. I didn't have friends. All I did was like every day look at the Bills roster and try to commit it to memory. You know who I want? Who do you think I want on here? Oh. I don't even remember his name. You remember when we were in the doldrum years, it was the backup quarterback, and you always used to make fun of me because I was like, man, put him in. I want to see what the kid got. Brian Brown. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get Brian. No, but Brian Brown, the head coach at, uh, uh, where is he at now? Louisville, Purdue, one of them. Yeah. Yeah, and... so he probably wouldn't even take time out. Well, he was a great college player. Right, right. I was like, man, put Brian Brown. I want to see that guy. Right. And you, you kept saying, but we got to see what we got. And yeah. I'm like, I'm pretty sure the coaches know, and that's why he can't get on the field. And I'm like, damn that. Give everybody a chance. We losing. So give me a give me a reason to come down to the sports bar and drink all this beer and spend all my money. You think we could get uh, Matt Barkley on? I can't see why not. I think we could get Matt. I feel like if we take Brett, I, I, like, like, Matt Barkley sees the guy that you could probably DM him and he'll probably respond. Be like, hell yeah, I'll do that. Bill's right. Mafia, let's go. And then he seems like the kind of guy who, as a thank you, would send you a couple of steaks. Right. right? He Doesn't just he? seems like that type of guy, man. Like, you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to try to reach out to him. Like, man, we got a podcast, you know, two years in, Bill's Mafia. Hop on our show, man. We just talk, man. Just go with it, man. See what see what happens. And I will definitely have to ask him about his singing of the uh, 12 Days of Christmas with the five golden rings. Oh, man. Mm. That was something. Mm-hmm. That, that was something. So back to the topic at hand, buddy. I want to take you back. To the Henry Jones era of the Buffalo Bills, the early 90s teams, we were watching them and we loved them. We were getting frustrated by them. Bills fans talking about how Jim Kelly was never going to be able to get it done, how he just wasn't good enough. He was no Marino. He was no, well, back in the day, people were like, well, Elway's not that good. What has he ever done? It's It was all, back then it was all Dan Marino and Joe Montana and that was pretty much it. It's like those were the legends. Dan Reno was a legend by his third year in the NFL. Right. Joe Montana very much the same way. And everybody else, it seemed like they were playing catch up. But then 
time moves on and you start looking at things a little bit differently, especially when the team has far less success. You reflect on the basically two decades of bad quarterback play and say, wow, Jim Kelly was actually amazing, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So my question to you to start it off is back in the 90s when you were watching those teams, were you looking at any of those players thinking to yourself, these are future Hall of Famers? I didn't because, once again, I became a Bills fan. After you, I, that's that was the beginning. Like, the Super Bowl teams were when I first started liking NFL and following the Buffalo Bills. So, around 91 when Henry Jones was drafted. Yeah. That's when I started liking, like, NFL. I was a baseball guy growing up. Mm-hmm. I was a big time Cardinals fan back in the seventies and eighties because I played uh, baseball. All right, so late eighties, early nineties. That's when I started watching NFL. When I started playing high school football, so um, I, I guess I really didn't conceptualize like, okay, are these Hall of Fame players? It's probably ten years later. All right, when we start getting down. I kind of like what you said, like, oh, wow. Like, it, like you never appreciate anything until after the fact. Like, with LeBron James, I feel like the world is not really going to appreciate. It's, it's a lot of LeBron James haters. All right? And since since the last pie, he took over as the number one scorer all time. Right? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people are like, well, you know, I like Kobe Bryant or I like Michael Jordan. Man, forget LeBron. I guarantee you, once he retires in like five, ten years after that, you're really going to realize his greatness. Mm-hmm. So, bringing it, um, bringing it full circle back to the Bills, it was kind of like once we got bad, that's when I started appreciating Jim Kelly more. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? You know, uh, Andre Reed, Lofton, Bruce Smith, like everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I just figured, and we're going to get into this, you know, what makes a Hall of Famer? When you look at those guys, when you look at their accomplishments, if I would have thought about it back then, then yeah, I would have thought that yes, they will be Hall of Famers. Because mm-hmm. you get all the, I mean, you got to have multiple Pro Bowls and multiple All Pros, and hopefully you won. You know, right? And right. some guys make a Hall of Fame and they didn't even play long. I like Calvin Johnson, but I feel like he's an outlier. Jim he Brown is an didn't outlier. play. Jim Brown didn't play all, have a long, long career. So it, it feels like if you're like all pro like five five years, you're pro bowl like five, six, seven years, and you pretty much get in the Hall of Fame. That That's great. Look. There is definitely – it's a great point. There's definitely a longevity aspect to it. Like you can't do it for three years. Right. You, know, you can't be on top of the game for three years and that be the end of it. That puts you, that puts you in the Daryl Dawkins category. Remember Daryl Dawkins of the uh, 76ers, Chocolate Thunder, back in the 70s? Mm-hmm. He had about a three-year span where he was possibly the best player in the NBA. But right. that peak wasn't long enough. Don Mattingly in baseball. Oh, Don Mattingly was my absolute favorite ball player. And he he was one of the absolute best players in the game, 1984 through 1987. <sighs> Then he started having back problems and his peak wasn't long enough to merit getting into the Hall of Fame, at least according to the Hall of Fame voters. Right. So there's longevity. There's you also brought up that there needs to be awards, right? Mm -hmm. You got to bring home some sort of hardware. 
winning makes a difference, right? Yes, it does. You don't see a lot of great players on bad teams getting in. Like, where's Neil Lomax? Neil Lomax had some great seasons for the Cardinals, but they were in the toilet. Right. Hmm. What else does it take? Does it take notoriety and popularity? I feel like popularity is a lot. Yep. Well, yeah, because it helps. I mean, well, let's face it, it's writers voting on it. Right. And and couples of the next thing, if they don't like you, they won't vote you in. So if the guys that treat like be a holes to them, they remember that. Right. You know, I, I think more if you were a, if you're a borderline Hall of Famer, there there's certain guys like, for example, Deion Sanders was a great interview, but he could be prickly. Right. But there was nothing he could have done to kept to have kept himself out of the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but that's true. But what about Terrell Owens? Great point. Yeah, he he was he was put off because he wasn't a first ballot. If you looked at his stats, it would have been first ballot. But because he was like you said. He was probably rude to the rioters, turned them off. They're like, okay, yeah, we're gonna make you hold off. And he was mm-hmm. all he was all got his pennies in a bunch over there. Which I mean, I understand. But you gotta treat people right, man. If you I mean, you can't be an a-hole to people, and that's a testament to him. So Yeah. So if we're looking at Buffalo Bills who made the Hall of Fame, back in the early nineties, at that point, only two people associated with the Buffalo Bills ever made it into the Hall of Fame. One was Jim Ringo, but he made it on the merits of what he did playing for those early Green Bay Packers teams. He was a coach for the Bills in the 70s and then an offensive coordinator from 85 to 88. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's one of us. Let's put it that way. I got you. And then O.J. Simpson in 1985, who was one of the most dominant players at his position in history. But from that point on, it just seemed like the Hall of Fame was not a place where Buffalo Bills ended up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The Mm -hmm. next person you had elected to the Hall of Fame from the Buffalo Bills was Billy Shaw in 1999. Yes. He played 61 to 69 and is the first player elected to the Hall of Fame who played exclusively in the AFL. Hmm. Interesting factoid, right? I know, right? Way to educate us, man. I like it. And then it started It started coming at a pretty rapid rate. 2001, Marv Levy. The next year, Jim Kelly. In 2003, Joe DeLamalure, as well as James Lofton. Then in 07, you had Thurman Thomas. 09, Bruce Smith and Ralph Wilson. Dick LeBeau, who was an assistant head coach for the Bills in 2003, was elected in uh, 2010. Andre Reid in 2014. Bill Polian in 2015. Like, rapid fire, right? Mm-hmm. And I must say, I was there when uh, Ralph and uh, Bruce got into the Hall of Fame. Really? I was there for that. Oh, yeah, I was there. And that was uh, nice. Terrell Owens' first game. Oh, right. First Hall game. of Fame game. Hall of Fame game. I was there, man. I got a picture of Terrell Owens. He's looking right at me. It looks like he's like, yeah, what's up, Big New? I might post that picture. <laughs> I might exist. It's like he's looking right at me. So it was didn't, a great experience. Fun time. But, yeah, I was there when they got in. Didn't Ralph Wilson have 
have Chris Berman introduce him? Yes, I believe so. That's awesome. Yeah. But once again, when, when you have a dynasty, and, and I know we didn't win a Super Bowl, so it's probably like, oh, you didn't have a dynasty because you didn't win a Super Bowl. We were a dynasty. Yes. We went to four of them. That's a lightweight dynasty. So when you have that, when you win Super Bowls, when you win, then the GM gets in, the owner gets in, the quarterback mm-hmm. gets in with a couple of linemen, with a receiver. Everybody gets in. Right. Everybody gets in. The more you win, the more people get in, just like honors. Right? Mm-hmm. Just like all Pro Bowls. Like the people with the most Pro Bowlers, people with the most All Pros are the people who win. Like you said, it's hard to be on a bad team and get honors, man. It's mm-hmm. hard. It's true. So there's a couple of players that are retired that I think have a good chance of getting in that played for the Buffalo Bills, but I don't think I don't think either one of them, at least the ones that I have in my mind, are going to be thought of as Buffalo Bills. Okay. Like James Lofton had a few great seasons with the Bills, but I think he's thought of as a Green Bay Packer, don't you? Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. I didn't really think about it, but no. I when I Yeah, I guess you can't think of him as a Packer cuz he played with us from 89 and 92. Mhm. How long was he with the Packers? He must have been with them about six or seven years. Yeah, so I, I get that. I don't know. Me personally, I guess I'm being selfish. I'm being a homer now. No, I think of James. Right. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think of him with the Packers. So I. But if you're different. a Packers fan, if you're a Packers fan, I get it. But no, I don't. I don't. It's different with the Football Hall of Fame because they don't assign them to a team like they do in baseball, right? And wouldn't it be hilarious if Wade Boggs got into the Hall of Fame with like a Tampa Bay Devil Rays hat or something? <laughs> that would be fun. He played with the Packers for eight years. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. And then the Raiders cut him because they thought he was over the hill. Yep. From 87 to 88. Then he came to Buffalo, 89 to 92. And then he played with the Rams and the Eagles in 93. Mm hmm. It, and and let, let me tell you, in his final season with Buffalo, it was so clear that he was washed up. Yeah. Like he hit the wall, something fierce. Something he, <laughs> he he hit it hard, huh? He hit it hard and fast. I tell you, yeah. Eight Pro Bowls, so he had eight Pro Bowls, and he was All Pro four times, That's and he was on the All Decade team. So you know that I mean, the blueprint is there. You got to achieve it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Yeah, the longevity, the yeah. the yeah. recognition. Yeah. Also, while we're talking about him, this is a total sidebar. For some reason, he always looked so neat. Like, his uniform always looked impeccable for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was about him. Would you say the same thing about Jerry Rice? I would say his uniform, yes. It also looked very in place a lot yes, of the time. The socks, the towel, like, yeah. He just wasn't like, yeah. You know, I feel like receivers sometimes, yeah. I played with a receiver in college, Marcus Bridges. That dude used to take hours getting ready. He stayed in the mirror. But that's him, though. He's still <laughs> the same way today. You know, I see him on social media. He's from L.A., doing real well. But, yeah, he was, he was like a pretty boy. 
you know, I don't want to, I don't want to disrespect him by calling him a pretty boy because people take issue to that. But yeah, he used to take hours getting ready for the game. Did you ever hear the story about Desmond Howard missing the opening kickoff of the second half of the NFC Championship game the year they went to the Super Bowl in Green Bay because he was changing his jersey because he decided that the one he had on earlier was too dirty? No, I did not hear about that. <laughs> Nugget. Yeah, he and Mike Holmgren tell that story. And clearly it's funny now because it ended up not mattering. But if I were the head coach, I probably would have murdered him on site. <laughs> oh, man. So there are a couple of players out there that are retired Buffalo Bills, maybe thought of in a different uniform along the way, who we think have a good shot at making the Hall of Fame. You had mentioned Terrell Owens earlier when we were talking about the Hall of Fame game, and he certainly has the stats to get in. Right. There's another player I'm thinking of, an offensive lineman. Do you know who I have in mind who played for the Bills who I think is going to end up in the Hall of Fame? (sighs) Putting you on the spot, I realize that. My boy, my boy, Ruben Brown. That's it? Yeah. Ruben Brown. Love Consecutive Pro Bowls, man. Yeah, that's easy because I I was mad when he left, and uh, I actually got to spend time with him when we went out to the Pro Bowl. I actually got a picture with him. Oh, really? Like, yeah, I'm at to post it. I'm at to go back and post that. But yeah, me and Ruben Brown, we kicked it in uh, 2000 at the Pro Bowl, 99 2000 at the Pro Bowl. Good, really? Dude. Good dude. And I was amazed that I felt like he was that he wasn't that much bigger than me. Like I remember it like it was yesterday, even though it was 23 years ago. I was like, dang, man, this because everybody else is so big, you know? Okay. And I just like, dang, he ain't too much bigger than me. Like, I felt like he wasn't that big, so I, I just remember that. But, yes, Ruben Brown, man. I, I wish he would have stayed. Uh, I mean, it's him. We always talk about uh, Jason Peters mm, and, then the yeah. kid, and then the kid at uh, Cleveland that we we quit on too quick. A Wyatt right. Teller? Wyatt Teller. We well, talk he, about that guy all the time. Yeah, he's a current player. Right, um, but I'm just saying those are the guys that I wish would have stuck with Buffalo because, yeah, you're sure. right. I could see him being going in. Jason Peters, yeah, he's knocking around a little bit, but it's he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he's one of the best of the current generation. Yeah. And the Bills didn't want to pay him. Yep. Isn't that lovely? I hate it. But Man, that doesn't happen anymore with the current regime. Yeah. Well, hopefully it don't happen. Hopefully Tremaine Edmonds stay. Yeah. I mean, I know we talked about that two weeks ago, but yeah. Tremaine so, Edmonds, don't give up on him too quick. While Ruben Brown was playing and while Jason Peters was playing, did you look at either one of them while they were in a Bills uniform and say, yep, Hall of Famer? No. Neither did I. I didn't. I ain't going to front. I, I started to front. I started to cap a little bit, but I was like, no, it ain't. No. <laughs> no cap, I man. <laughs> I was starting to cap, but no. <laughs> yep. So that leads us to the question that we brought up earlier, which is, are we looking at players on the Buffalo Bills right now that are future Hall of Famers and we just don't realize it because we're in the moment? And if that's the case, who do we think from this current squad is going to make it to the Hall of Fame? Okay, so 
I well, I feel like Diggs, if he stays on the trajectory, he could be a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um could be. What is the could likelihood? Be. Could be. Could be. Meaning make a couple of more Pro Bowls, make a couple of all pros. Hopefully we could win a Super Bowl on his watch. He could be that. You win a Super Bowl, everything changes. Yeah. Everything changes. You get the sponsorship deals. You get the accolades. You get you know the all pros, the Pro Bowls, and the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Stefan Diggs is dominant. He has been in the all-pro conversation each year in Buffalo. Who else? Josh Allen. Absolutely. Josh Allen. You know what he has going for him? What's that? What does he got? Popularity. Yeah. He doing Top selling uniform yeah. over the past two years, I think it is. Yeah. Everybody likes that guy. Yeah. He's must-see TV. People mm-hmm. stop to watch Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. He's becoming a legend. Yes. He's I, young. He's yep. young. And once again, look at his resume. All right, he finished second. Well, he finished top five this year, MVP. Last year, he was runner-up, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, got an all-pro, got a couple of Pro Bowls. He just needs that once again. He got one. He needs like five. Mm-hmm. He got to get all. He got to get all pro like five or six times, and which is going to do, be tough because we're in an era of unbelievable quarterback play. So he's got huge competition for that. He does win a Super Bowl. That would yeah. be huge. They win a Super Bowl. So that's what I'm saying. He could do it. He just got work to do, but he has the start though. Mm-hmm. He's an all pro. Got a couple of pro bowls. Mm-hmm. He, he got to start. He just got to, you know, yeah. There's a player currently on the Bills roster who just came to the Bills, who was already a Hall of Famer before he even came to Buffalo. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about there, right? Von Miller. Absolutely. Yeah, he's, in, he's, all of, he's a Hall of Famer, no doubt. He could walk away today and be a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. No question. No question. A couple okay. of Super Bowls. Uh, uh, Super Bowl MVP. Uh, all pro seven times, eight Pro Bowls. He could retire today and still be a pro uh, Hall of Famer. No question. And on top of that, he's a great ambassador for the game. Yes. Super popular with players and the media because he's so good with a camera on him. Oh, man. He got his podcast. It's doing well. I just always remember Von Miller. It was a couple of years ago when Madden came out when he was dancing to start me and he did a little dance. Oh, that was great. <laughs> I'll never forget that video. That was awesome. Justin Bieber. I think that was a Justin Bieber song. Yes. Justin Bieber. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I know the Biebs. Okay. I didn't know. I was just elaborating on what I was saying. Justin Bieber. No, I, I hear you. Big new no, Justin Bieber. <laughs> and by the way, I, I want to back up a couple steps. What? Okay. How much did you weigh in back in 2000? How much did I weigh? Yeah. Probably about two seventy ish. Okay. Before I moved to New Orleans, I got big once I moved to New Orleans in '98. I was just eating, 
And speaking of New Orleans, happy Mardi Gras to you and your family. But yeah. Oh, thanks, man. Thank uh, a bunch of people uh, threw beads at me, and I responded in kind. It was great. I got my king cake in there, so kids, I'll be eating king cake tonight. So. Um, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, man. Hide the baby in the king cake, man. Good luck. Um, That's great. But, yeah, before I moved there. So, yeah, I was about 270 there. I was okay, so you know what? Reuben Brown wasn't that much bigger than you. Right. I, I'm, I'm going to find at- that picture and post it. I, I just looked it up. He was six three, three hundred. If you're six feet two seventy, no, you're you're looking pretty close in size. Yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna post that picture. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna post it on Twitter. But yeah, yeah, do it. I, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Okay, so now what I'm curious about are the players that we're going to look back on and appreciate more than we might be appreciating them right now. I think that Trey White. If he can rebound, right, then we might look at Trey White as the kind of player who is better than good. That dude is an all-pro talent. He's He has an all-pro under his belt, and that wasn't just like a fly-by-night great season. Right. Two-time all-pro, two-time pro bowler. Dude, that's that's quite a resume. It is, but like you said, he has to regain his form and play at that level he was playing in, in 19 and 20. Mm-hmm. He needs to regain that. And, and once again, this dude is a year out from tearing his ACL. So let's give him some time, but a lot of people don't come back from that. Like, I mean, if he was to come back and make another Pro Bowl or All-Pro after that, that would be like amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Um, and for our books, once again, we need him to be that player. We can't be playing that kind of money to somebody who's just good. We need him to be great. Great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so hopefully he do. I mean, I'm hopeful. He seems like a hard worker. So hopefully he can get back to that form because we're paying him like that. We're paying him like an all pro player. Mm-hmm. So. so here's somebody I'm going to bring up. Okay. And this might be controversial, but I think people are beginning to look at the position differently. What about Tremaine Edmonds? Yes. And that's why I mentioned earlier. I I feel like Tremaine Edmonds, if he was the walking free agency and and they asked him about it, he said it's a business. I mean, so a lot of Bills fans, like they don't feel very good about it. Excuse me. Um, and we talked once again, we talked about this two weeks ago on our pie about between him and Poirier, can we bring those guys back? Uh, I think today, as of Tuesday, February 21st, the recording, I think today is the first day of uh, where you could franchise tag a transition tag guy. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen. No. Because you know why? Am- Go ahead. Yeah. Because the franchise tag is $20 million. Yes. And at this point, the Bills do not have cap space. You have to have it under your cap in order to franchise tag someone, and the Bills are currently $20.5 million over. $20 million. So we got we to gotta do things to get the books together just to get where we're supposed to be. So It's interesting. People were ready to run Tremaine Edmonds right out of town until it became possible 
for the Bills to lose Edmonds. And now people are thinking of him very differently, aren't they? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that funny? But he's still yeah. he's still so young, and he already have multiple. He's 24 years old, dude. Mm-hmm. All right? And he already have multiple Pro Bowls under his belt. So who's to say if he was to take a big paycheck to go to wherever that he don't run off six more Pro Bowls, a couple of all pros, then he'll be mm-hmm. a Hall of Famer. He's still young. And with his size, man, 6'5", 250, 260, you're not going to fight. Like, it'll be hard for you to replace that, you know. I know we drafted uh, the young boy, um, Terrell Bernard, yeah. right? He doesn't look like he's ready, though. Yeah, right. And so now you, so you're going to replace Tremaine Edmonds with him. I felt like when we drafted him, he would probably replace Matt Milano. That's what I was thinking. Right. You know what I'm saying? So now you're going to try to replace him with, uh, you're going to try to replace him with Tremaine. I mean, replace Tremaine Edmonds with him. Yeah. I don't. I don't know about that. Once again, I mean, we're just throwing stuff against the wall to see what sticks. But I don't feel good about that. I mean. Once again, we talked about this two weeks ago. I don't, we got we got to keep one of them. We got to keep one of them. And and Tremaine Edwards is just too young. Edmonds is just too young to give up on so quickly. But because our books are so, I mean, we got to do some maneuverings. But I want to keep him. I would prefer to keep him, but I have to be honest with you. I don't think linebacker is an important enough position mm-hmm. to invest the kind of money that it's going to cost. If you have to pay that guy $17 million a season, I think I'd rather find a guy for $7 million a season who's not as good, but still solid. Okay. Let's talk. Can we talk about this, Nadia? Because now you, you, you done got me riled up. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're riled up because <laughs> I just read an article about this okay. earlier today. So, yeah, let's dig, let's dig into it. Okay. I'm trying to be positive here, y'all. I'm trying to be positive. But now it's like when you look at your roster construction, if you keep letting guys walk out the door and you're not bringing in guys that are comparable, now you're losing good players. Mm-hmm. So who are you repl- – like, okay, if you let Tremaine – like, okay, you just said let Tremaine Edmonds walk because he might cost 17 mil. We could get somebody for five mil. I mean, uh, seven mil, right? Mm-hmm. But Tremaine Edmonds is one of our top. Okay, where would Tremaine Edmonds be on our uh, on our roster? He's a top eight nine player. Yeah. So the guy you bring in is he gonna be one of the top eight nine players on our team? So now you just got worse. Okay, Jordan Poirier. You already said he gonna walk. You know when when Poirier doesn't play, we're a different team. So now you need to bring in somebody who's gonna be a top five player. Absolutely. Right, because Poirier, I mean, you could argue Poirier was a top five player for us this year, especially mm-hmm. once Michael Hyde, uh, Michael Hyde went down. Because you see, when we didn't have Hyde and Poirier, what we looked like, mm-hmm. we looked bad. So now, if you're telling me that Poirier's gonna walk out the door, Tremaine Edmonds gonna walk out the door, I'm asking you who you bringing in, and if it ain't nobody that's in the top five, top six, then we got worse. True. However. Okay. I read a great article and I'll put this on uh, I will put this on Twitter for everybody to read. Are you familiar with 538.com? 
538. No. It started off as a sports blog by a statistician whose name's escaping me at the moment. And then it, they got into politics, but they still write quite a bit about sports. And one of the things that they wrote about was the roster construction of the Kansas City Chiefs. Because coming into this season, the the cap hit of Patrick Mahomes almost quintupled. So what did they do there? Well, they let go of the honey badger and they got rid of Tyreek Hill and they let their, and they let Charvarius Ward go mm-hmm. who signed more. They, they cut Anthony Hitchens. Mm-hmm. They, they took up a, a bath when it came to letting a lot of talented players go. But they won the Super Bowl. Yes, they did. Oh, they let Daniel Sorensen go. Also, it, but they probably were better as a result of that. Okay. So I think if you look at... If you look at... Okay, take, take the wide receiver room. They let Tyreek Hill go. Then they brought in Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and who else did they bring in? Well, they, they drafted Sky Moore, but... Smith-Schuster, did you say him? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so what they did is they, they found good players who could take the place of a great player. It's sort of like the Moneyball concept of you can't replace Jason Giambi. What you have to do is replace his production in aggregate. Okay, can I can I interrupt you real quick on something? Please. All right, I'm gonna I'm push back on this. Okay. All right, if you're gonna tell me that Mahomes, who won MVP this year, it, that Josh Allen, we lose these guys, and Josh Allen's gonna be an MVP. He's gonna uh his completion percentage is gonna go up. He's gonna throw five hundred more yards. He's gonna have five four more touchdowns. He's gonna throw less interceptions. His QBR will go up ten from sixty seven point seven to seventy seven point six. <laughs> his QB rating is gonna go up from ninety eight point five to one hundred five point two. Then yes, we can. Okay. So, so so next year, so just to, so I, I gave you those stats to say that's what the difference between Patrick Mahomes last year to this year, his MVP year. Mm-hmm. So so Josh Allen is going to be finished fifth for the MVP this year. He wins the MVP next year, then that will make up for the losses of good players. Well, also and, there's and another and way you got to have Andy Reid, who's a Hall of Fame. Since we this pod is about Hall of Famers, yeah. Andy Reid is slapped the table Hall of Fame. Absolutely. And Sean McDermott, we still question some of his game, his game management. And sure. once again, I'm not crapping on Sean McDermott. No, I, know, yeah. I mean, but let's just tell the truth, y'all. He's not Andy Reid. Yeah. Andy Reid is a he's a Hall of Fame coach. He's a hall. I'm just gonna leave. He's a Hall of Fame coach. Ten years ago, Andy Reid wasn't Andy Reid, though. You're right. And that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. I'm hoping I'm hoping that Sean McDermott can become that, and I hope he becomes that in Buffalo, because sometimes it takes a guy's second job, a third job, to become that. Mm-hmm. You know, they ran Andy Reid out of Philly after taking them to a couple Super Bowls and all these uh, AFC champion or NFC championships. They ran him out of there. They did. 
They did. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I don't think they're worse for the wear at this point, having, you know, just played in a Super Bowl, but That's still. True. Yeah. So let, let me make this point. Okay. If you take a small step back at linebacker, but as a result of taking a small step back at linebacker, you're able to improve your offensive line and your receiver group. Do you do it? The receipt you're going to improve our line and our receiver group. Yeah. Because, because if instead of paying 17 million, you pay 7 million and now you've got 10 million to divvy up amongst offensive line and receiver. Yes. Okay. I mean, these are, these these are the the tough decisions that we've got to make. And, and yes. And then that led to what I just said. So if we improve our O line and get another receiver, a true number two, then that will probably help Josh Allen take another step. Yeah. So I agree with that. I'm not saying it can't happen, but sure. I'm just, I just, it once again, if we let somebody walk out the door, that's just my bedrock. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see that guy become a Hall of Famer. And if we do, we better win a Super Bowl because if not, then we made a mistake. And I see why you're saying that. <laughs> I absolutely understand why you're you know saying that. Man? That's all. That you know my bedrock, man. So if we win, then yeah, but. You got to make a jump. And once again, this all hinges. And we always on Josh Allen. A lot of it hinges on him. Could right. it happen? Yeah. But if they walk out the door, I'm going to be looking how you be looking. You're going to be real skeptical when we do that. And this summer when we do our preseason, uh, <laughs> what are we going to do this year? Oh, we're going to go 10-7. Isn't that right? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go 10-7. And I'm going to be like, we're going to go 10-7. What do you mean? And everybody gonna be tweeting that you talk about. Oh, you suck, JBD. Yeah, yeah. And then you, and sure enough, you be right. Yeah, they're like, why are you right. even doing a Bills podcast? You don't even like the team. You think exactly. they're gonna lose exactly. some games? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that. And I was like, no, nah, I'm smart enough. No, nah, I ain't gonna say we're gonna go ten and seven. I'll be like, ah, yeah, we'll go twelve. Yeah, twelve and five, thirteen. And, yeah, thirteen and four. But then when it, when it comes to fruition, I'll be like, man, you right, man. You said it. Well, here's the thing, though. When it, when it came to the overall record, I, I predicted them to go 11 and 5. Yes. They went 13 and 3. So I, I was way off. Yeah. I said, thir- oh, no, you said 11 wins. I said 12. I just had to one up you. Oh, <laughs> oh, I, thought you I, th- I thought you said 14. Did I say? Uh, no, maybe I said 13. I know it was either a game or two more than what you said. Okay. Yeah. But when you was <laughs> in the playoffs, man, you was like, I don't see it. I had to beat your drum, man, because I, I would have got on your head if we would have won. Like, ah, Jamie, you, yeah, no, nah, you was right, man. Oh, you man, nothing me. would make me happier than for the Bills to win more games than I expect. Right. For <laughs> That's you to all be I wrong. want out of right. life. I want to be wrong, but you called it, man. I, you beat the drum, man. I, you was right. You was right. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So we have to go back though. We we have we have to digress and go back to the <laughs> Hall of Fame conversation because there's one more person that I think is I actually think is likely to go into the Hall of Fame. Really? Yes. Not Josh Allen. Not, not Josh Allen. Miller, not Stefan Diggs. No. Who pray tell are you talking about? You're gonna you're going to be shocked when I say it. Sean McDermott. Oh, okay. That was a curveball. Okay. I was <laughs> thinking about somebody on the roster. You feel like Sean McDermott will be a, well, okay, go ahead. 
Go okay. Ahead, play. Let's let's start by looking at winning percentages. Let's because I know that for for a head coach to make the Hall of Fame, they almost definitely need a Super Bowl win under their belt, right? Mm-hmm. At least playing in the Super Bowl. Right. But let's look at winning percentage. He has a 639 winning percentage. That is higher than Bill Cowher, Bud Grant, Joe Gibbs, Bill Walsh, Tom Landry, Don Coriel, Bill Parcells. It's way better than Bill Parcells. Bill Parcells has a 569. Chuck Knoll, it's better than his. It's, it is, God, 60 points. More than 70 points higher than Marv Levy's and Mike Ditka's uh, winning percentage. Blows Jimmy Johnson's out of the water. I mean, this guy strings together wing wins. And there's, of course, a lot of, well, I don't like the decisions that he makes, his game management. But you already made the point that Andy Reid, whose winning percentage is only two points higher than Sean McDermott, yeah, he has a couple of Super Bowls now. He got run out of Philadelphia because he was such a bad game manager. He figured it out. Also, having Patrick Mahomes didn't hurt his cause. Right. Newt, hmm. I think Sean McDermott makes the Hall of Fame, assuming I like that he makes a Super Bowl. He got to make a Super Bowl. He's got to make it. Got to make a Super Bowl because his winning percentage will, yep. Because Marv Levy, what Mar, did you mention Marv Levy's uh, winning uh-huh. percentage? Yeah, Marv Levy has a 569 winning percentage. Okay. And McDermott's, again, is 639. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, man. If so, he sticks around and keep winning, like, yeah. There's only, yeah. I mean, there there's only a few head coaches that have a better winning percentage than him that have coached 10 years or more. You've got Jim Harbaugh coached four years. He's got a great winning percentage. And then there's people like the old NFL that, you know, some dudes I've never heard of, but the only coach with a higher winning percentage than him, who's coached 10 years or more that is not in the hall of fame is George Seifert. Hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So McDermott holds on for four more years and keeps winning at the same rate. That's a Hall of Fame resume. And we go and we go to the Super Bowl. Got to go to the Super Bowl. Got to go to a Super Bowl at some point. Yeah. Golly, man, you threw a curveball at me. I didn't know where you was going with that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair. That is fair, my friend. Yeah, I I had a feeling you you were going to. Uh, be a little caught off guard by that one. I did. You got me. Good stuff, man. No, thank you. What else is on your mind, Big Nudius? Oh, man. A couple things, man. Once again, shout out to Matt McComb from Georgetown. Won the slam dunk contest. I called that one. I, did you? Did, did you? Did you uh, watch any All-Star, NBA All-Star festivities? I saw his dunking after the fact. Okay. Did you know he went to Georgetown? I didn't know until after the fact. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's from uh, uh, Gape City, 
Gate City, uh, Virginia, in the middle of nowhere. So, yeah, it was an internet sensation coming up. Went to Georgetown, always on Sports Center for a spectacular dunks. Went undrafted, uh, spent time with the Lakers and the Warriors. Um, now he's in the G League and got signed to the rest of the year with the 76ers. And I knew he was going to win the dunk contest because that's what he does. And I feel like mm-hmm. the NBA players, they don't take it seriously. And you no. knew that this dude was going to take it seriously. So I'm so happy for him. Good kid. And uh, I think, like uh, Kenny says, man, on uh, TNT, Kenny Smith said he was like, uh, he just brought back dunk contest. Because I think he's a guy that'll do it until he can't. And people sure. are going to want to beat him. So I'm happy for that. That was good. Good kid. I like to see uh, think good things happen to good people. So um, I don't know if you watched, you didn't watch the game. So it was very. Uh, uncompetitive, but uh, Jason Tatum from Chaminade High School in St. Louis, Missouri, won MVP with 55-point outing the mm-hmm. most in All-Star history. So that was fun, man. Watched over the weekend. And let's face it, Matt McClung did things that we had never seen before. Yes, we did. If you haven't <laughs> seen it, man, please go look at it, man. This kid got, like the young kids say, the kid got bunnies. Yeah, and you know what the most interesting part about it was, like, when he was lining up his dunks, you know, some players go to the other end of the court and they, like, Mm -hmm. hang out and they wait. He just back up a couple steps and then, you know, four steps forward and he's doing it. It's like there was no thought into it at all. He just was hopping. This dude jumped over two people, Mm -hmm. bounced it off the backboard, and then did a reverse dunk. (laughs) After jumping over two people, and the second person had the ball, so he called that like an alley-oop for the second person, bounced it off the backboard, and then reverse dunk. Mm-hmm. Bananas, dude. Um, in Twitter news, I don't know if you saw, uh, Stefan Diggs, mm-hmm. you see his brother with the Cowboys, tweeted last week a picture of Stefan Diggs in a Dallas Cowboys uniform. Mm-hmm. And Stefan Diggs did not denounce it. So now yeah. that's a big thing that's trending now is was he sending subliminal messages that he wants to get out of Buffalo? And I don't think he does. I think he just loves being cryptic and driving people nuts. Mm, I don't know. It's something to keep an eye on. Mm. You know, do you trust the do you trust the woman that leaves her husband? Do you trust her? Even though both of us are married at this point. But in your single days, if a woman left her husband for you, would you trust her? Oh, so you're saying since he forced out of one situation, it may be in his DNA, in his makeup to want to do that again, huh? No, I didn't say that. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wink, wink. So it's something to keep an eye on. I just, honestly, as a person who, you know, follow him on Twitter, I would just would hope that he would give me something and be like, you know, cuss his little brother out and be like, no, no way, you know. Yeah. Well, like, you know, he has said that it's a dream to play with his brother. Yeah, play with his brother later on. Like LeBron's waiting for Bronny to come up in year mm-hmm. 23. Yeah, do that then, not not now. Not when we're trying to win a Super Bowl. <sighs> All right. And then uh, last thing, I went and saw Ant-Man on Friday. What is that? <laughs> Once again, for my Marvel listeners, Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania. And um, 
is introducing to Kane the Conqueror. He was at the uh he was at the All-Star game at the dunk contest. I was like, man, Kane the Conqueror even like Matt McComb. So anyway, it's a new Marvel movie. Um go see it. I mean, once again, I'm my Marvel follower. So it was pretty good. The CGI wasn't that good, but the storyline's wonderful. So yeah. Ant Man and the Wasp. Ant Man. Yep. And then lastly, I'm watching The Last of Us. Do you watch The Last of Us on HBO? No. Oh my God, you gotta watch it. The it's Last good, of huh? Us is a video game, and they uh, did a movie about it. And it's it's I mean not movie, but a t- television series on HBO. It's the best thing on TV. Really? Oh yeah. Take time out, man. What's Hit me up, game? anybody who watches it. Let me know what you think, man, on Twitter. But yes, it's it's awesome. What's it called? The Last of Us. The Last of Us. Yes. Okay. It's about a bacteria that takes over the world. It's like, you know, uh, it takes over the world. And so they turn people into zombies and this guy tries to, you know, fight them off. So, but it's a great story. That's interesting because there actually is a bacteria. Well, it's a fungus that takes over ants. It eats the inside of the ants, but it takes over their nervous system and causes them to climb trees oh wow and then bite their now what are they called their jaws or pinchers whatever they are they bite into the bark so they become stuck there and then the fungus grows out of the back of their head oh my it's Look up zombie ants. It's a real thing. It is disgusting, but it is unbelievable that a fungus can cause an an insect to walk in a certain direction and climb trees. Oh, wow. Weird, right? I know, man. The fact that you know that, I'll tell you, man. I'll tell you, man. Hang around people that are smarter than you, man. Your life will be better. <laughs> That's why I hang out with you. <laughs> yep. So, good stuff, man. Great show. And man, always a pleasure hanging out with you, buddy. Glad you got fired up about Tremaine Edmonds, too. Yeah, man. I don't want to see a guy walk, man. I'm sorry. No, sir. Once again, just like I said, if I ever, Lord's willing, knock on wood, don't tell my wife this. But if my wife ever leaves me, man, I want her to be homeless. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to see her leave me and go marry some handsome, fit guy with abs and 6'3 and (laughs) a lawyer. No, I want her to be homeless. Well, clearly that's not her type anyway. <laughs> oh my God, I know, right? My wife been slumming it with me all these years. Oh my God. Oh my wife. Happy birthday, darling. My wife just FaceTimed while we was on her too. Happy birthday, darling. Her birthday oh, happy tomorrow. birthday to Lynn. Yes. So today's the birthday, so I gotta get off and call her back. It's been yeah, a go time. buy some she, flowers. I already did. You know I did that. I know you but did. But she's that. out of town in business anyway. So Oh, is she? Yeah. This is her tax season, so she'll be going ah. the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Wow. Tech season. So, anyway. Yeah. Thanks, Those buddy. Give us a right. uh, give us a song. Love y'all, Bills Mafia, man. Have a good week. Hey, hey, hey. Let's go, Buffalo. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. 
You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.